thank you for sharing. We've got more sharing coming. <clears throat> That's in the form of Mr. Matthew. Uh, Matthew, why don't you come on up here? We'll have a word of prayer together and listen to what the Lord has given you for us tonight. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for what you have laid on Matthew's heart for us tonight, Lord. Uh, we just look forward to listening, understanding, and taking in deep into our hearts what it is that you have for us tonight. We praise your name. Amen. Amen. Y'all, bear with me. I think my voice is going to be fine. I trust the Lord to really give me the, the strength. Uh, I don't usually, I don't know, I really ever losing my voice. It's gone. So, uh, I've got a neighbor who lost his like three weeks ago. I'm like, Jay, is this contagious? <laughs> What's going on? But anyway, I think we're good. And I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, where we are in the Lord. I'm excited about this season of life. Um, I've heard from different people 2021 wasn't that bad. I've heard from others. So glad to put that one away. I've heard from others that we really don't know when 2020 ended and we entered into it, which has been a long, continuous slog. So wherever you are on the map, I have a lot of confidence that God's doing his work like he's always been doing his work. And he's bringing us into his plans and purposes just like he had designed from the beginning. For every one of us, from the moment we were thought of in his mind, he is bringing these things in, uh, into fruition. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited for this house. I'm excited for who I see here. Uh, I tell people in the most honest way possible, the, one of the beauties of this little fellowship that we have is... In my opinion, we have 10 to 15, I don't know how many, 30, uh, 30 preachers that could speak on any given side. Uh, that any one of us, I believe, get up here and share a word that the Lord knows. And it's, it's fun to be a part of a body like that. Uh, so uh, I'm humble, honestly. Uh, and I was hearing some of the prayers this afternoon. I just saw mercy. Who am I to get up and speak? These people are hearing from the Lord. I need to let them speak and share what they can. Uh, so uh, it's just a good time. Uh, it's a good place, a good time to be walking uh, where God's leading and He is leading. Um, I've got a short passage, very familiar um, passage to all of us uh, that I feel like the Lord has highlighted. Um, and it's uh, Matthew uh, chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Uh, this, this will not be unfamiliar to any of you. Uh, this is Jesus in the middle of his uh, Sermon on the Mount. But he says, You are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 
Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you're speaking in this house, not only through me, but through the worship, uh, through the testimonies, uh, through uh, Tim's leading tonight. You are speaking and ministering right now, and we welcome your continued ministry. Speak the words that need to be spoken that every one of us may hear clearly from heaven. That our lives may be changed uh, for your glory. That we may be directed according to your ways and your word. We worship you tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, like I said, this is a very familiar passage. Uh, every one of us knows we're sitting with you. And every one of us knows, you know, we're the light of the world, and we're not supposed to be hidden under a bushel basket. And I'm not going to unveil some new nugget of truth that I've dug out. Uh, if y'all, like I said, y'all heard me over this, I'm, I'm, I do anyway. But it just has happened through, I don't want to say accident, but it was no intention and no plan that I sometimes sing songs to my kids uh, when we go to bed. And for they, they each have a different song. Uh, so for Match, it's always been Amazing Grace. Uh, for Virginia, it's always been Holy, Holy, Holy. And for Merit, it has been this little life of mine. Merit really likes that part about hiding under a bushel. <laughs> where we can really yell it in the bed right before we go to sleep. I think I'm surprised. Um, and he asked me, like, well, what does it mean, this little light of mine? What light? Uh, because, you know, in the mind of a five-year-old, these lights, I'm not white. He's not a light. And so, you know, I'm not going to say I've got the expert way of teaching a five-year-old about Jesus' teaching about being the light of the world. But it does get us to thinking how quickly we can dismiss some of these ideas and not really take them to heart. Um, and this passage... I really, I could have gone a lot of different passages for tonight. The Lord kept bringing me to this one because I believe, and this is just me, but I believe 2022 is a year where God gets to display his glory. And we get to be a part of it. We don't get to do it. We're not, we're not the agents, John. Tells <laughs> <laughs> Noel, I can't. <laughs> But we get to be uh, just simply a part of what God wants to show the world who he is. Um, and that's where this passage really comes out to me. It's where the, it, he starts off, he says, you are the light of the world. And there's a real part of me that's like, okay, what does that mean to be the light of the world? What does it mean to be the light? And the Lord drew me to John uh, chapter 1 where it talks about Jesus being the light and how the darkness uh, could not overcome the light. And so when Jesus is then coming along and saying, actually, it's you. Yes, I am the light that's come into the world, and I'm now transferring it and imparting it to each one of you that you are the light of the world. And darkness cannot overcome it. What is in you, what is of me that is in you, is a light to the world, for the world to see, that they may praise my name 
and darkness has to subside. Now we do live in a little bit, I'm not, I'm not one who is like, oh, the world is terrible, it's all going to hell in a handbasket and all that stuff. Uh, I do see there is some really, really tough stuff. And there are some really confusing times we're living in. Uh, but, so I, my point is that I would think the whole world is just full of darkness because I'm looking at a room full of light and I believe God's light has been continuing to shine in flickers and even sometimes brightly shining in different places. And so, uh, but what it says that we are the light of the world, that's who we are. This is, this is one of those, I love Jesus's you are statements because they're identification statements. And they're things that we need to uh, embrace and even adopt and even speak over ourselves because we don't understand Jesus has re-identified us. He is, a lot of what Jesus was doing was he was saying, you got broken in the garden and I've come to bring you back together how I originally created you. And so when Jesus has these you are statements, it's part of identifying exactly who it is that we are. Our very role in this world is to be lights to the world. Because darkness is there. Darkness is trying to creep in. Sometimes darkness is storming the gates. Sometimes darkness is, is just permeating things. And Jesus is like, you guys, I've already put my spirit inside of you. When you said yes to me, my spirit got released to you. And when my spirit is there, there is a light that begins to shine forth from you. And the more you surrender to my spirit, the more that light shines in the various places that I call you to go. So it's important when Jesus has these you are statements that we actually say, I am the one. I am the light of the world. Our little church is a light in this community and in this region. And every time we get scattered to Florida, to, I believe, Indiana, to Georgia, to all the places we get scattered to, we are light carriers where we go. Guys, that's hard. I just went to Georgia. And I love my family, but we're going to talk about a place that's hard for me to be a white family. It's in my family. My family of good people who love the Lord and love to do ministry. But Jennifer sometimes like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. And I do. I think about that. When I go to Georgia, I'm like, I'm supposed to be carrying the light. How do I carry the light to this place? In other words, instead of making it a task, how do I not let the identity that Jesus has put on me fade away? Hmm. When I go into situations that in a lot of ways are historical situations where they've had a different identity of who I am. See, when Jesus like Tim talks about when he says, I make all things new, it really does. But part of our growth is to let that newness be a permanence, even when we're thrust into oldness, 
where a different identity, an old identity, is trying to define who we are. And I'm bad about letting the old identity claim me. And so there's a part of me that's like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. I don't know who I am. I don't feel right. I don't think right. I'm not saying the right things. Please just let me get out of here. And I just, you know, this is a message for me, and I'm telling it to you. It's not right. It's not what Jesus did. It's not what he's called for, but called for us. He says, not you are the light of the world in the most optimum situations, or you are the light of the world in new places where nobody knows you before that became you became the light of the world. But he says, you are, which means the old is gone. And it's the new that we live in. And so this is not a task thing of, oh, I gotta show shine my light. Now there is, there are good deeds in this passage. It's real clear to say, you know, let your good deeds speak to my name that others may praise me. But there is an identification thing that's saying, this is who you are. When you said yes to me, you said yes. You said yes to the life I have for you. You said yes to the death of death in you. You said yes to allowing me to do my work and to mature you to become the man or the woman that you were destined to be, that I really created you to be. And that can't change depending on who's going And I think that's part of what we're coming into in this next year is living as lights that God may be put on display. Because if all, if all, the only light that we have is from Him, there's truly not a lot of Matthew that's left to shine in this world. Really, Matthew doesn't shine, but this Jesus in me that shines. And so when I this is what I really feel. This is a year of God. And it's a cry of my heart. I have people that I love. And you all know there are people in this house who have been fighting against darkness. And it is my deepest desire to say, let the light of Christ come in. And God be put on display in the victory in these seasons. I'm believing that. I'm believing that for people here. I'm believing that for this region. And I'm believing that for the church that God is calling for people to begin to shine that light. Not by works, but by surrendering all to him. That the natural product of that we are a trend, we are undergoing transformation, and it's not a, a byproduct, it is the product, is the light of Christ beginning to shine forth in us everywhere we go. I had a class recently where I've actually had to deal with my call a lot lately, uh, and you know, my journey and all this stuff. Uh, and it's really fascinating how. You write this thing and you think it just becomes just standard. Here's how I got to where I am now. And instead you look at it and you're like, 
what's this four different versions? But it's all the same story. What happened here? Uh, but one of the things about this this class was us how we got to the place we're at right And there's a journey that God has had me on that I've had to come to the place of realizing a lot of what I've been doing is just trying to do the good things in different places, wherever it's expected of So when I was at work, I was just trying to be a good Christian guy. And I thought that the only answer was, and I don't felt a lot of struggle. You know, and you all know, a lot of struggle at work. Like, is this really all there is? Like, just be a good Christian guy at all? Is that really what my life, what it means to be God's man here? And I thought, well, maybe I'm just supposed to be more aggressive or assertive in putting my faith out there to clients or to various people. But guys, one of the things I've realized is that's not my personality. I can't get, I can't fake this stuff. And what God's been really saying to me is, is in the, if we want to use even this passage of language, is you are the light of the world, and it doesn't matter what profession you're in. You are the light of the world, and it doesn't, and there's not a formula for how that has to be demonstrated. But what has to be demonstrated is a surrender to Jesus. So yes, I could have been, and, and I look. I'm not saying my whole life before seminary was just a waste, and I never lived for Jesus. That's not it. But I, I, I've said this before. I have a real divided mind. Like if you work your tail off during work hours, you say ministry for outside. Do that to me. And I, I was always frustrated. There was never a peace in me about this because I didn't understand how. Ministry is supposed to invade my, my work. And I've got family that's still doing it. I think they're still asking the same question. And I don't have a simple answer. But I know now to come alongside them and say, God doesn't check himself at the door. But he said, you're the light of the world. You get to do that even when you have 18 files piled up on your desk and you've got... 10 voicemails that you just don't want to have to deal with. You got people constantly peppering you for stuff right now. If it means taking a step back and saying, God, remind me of my identity in this place. It's not lawyer first or good man first, good work, whatever. But I'm the light of the world. Because even the light of the world can handle paper. Even the light of the world can handle phone calls. But we lose ourselves. We lose ourselves in the mix of all that gets thrown on us. And Jesus doesn't, that's not what he did for us. When he said, I'm reaching in and I'm changing you, he actually meant it. I believe he meant it. And I believe for every one of us, that's the reality is we get to be lights. And one of the things about this passage that I, I really, uh, it just kind of struck me was the two images he uses, a city on top of a hill and a lamp that gets put on the table. These are not active objects. They're, they're stationary. 
The city's going to be what the city's going to be. The lamp is going to be where the master of that lamp puts it. And the Lord just started speaking to me. We get called to certain places, to certain jobs, to certain locations, uh, to certain people groups. And we don't get to, it's not our job to then start looking everywhere else that there's got to be a better place for us. This city is where God put the city. And where that city is, is supposed to speak. Where that lamp is, it's supposed to shine the light into the house for all to see. It's not supposed to be saying, well, I just want to, I'd rather be in that. I'd rather be in a different house, different location. I hope they sell me to an antique dealer soon. The lamp is where the, where the master puts them. And so are we. If we're surrendered, then we get put where the master wants us to be because the master knows where we need to be. And from that place, we can shine in the house. And that's us. It's every one of us. The lamp can't move itself. I'm, I don't I don't, I, I don't know that I've ever really had in my mind this idea of can't move myself. That only the master can do. But I'm getting there. Coming to Wilmo is a step for us. And I don't know if I was late to make that step. I don't think I was, but it was, it was about a 15 year journey before I actually was ready to do with the right heart. And so I think that was step one of God saying, you're learning how to be where the master places And that's for everyone. We may not like the master places, but that's what we're called to do because we have to trust that if he's put his light inside of us, he has a purpose for us to shine forth wherever we may be. Some of us may be standing in a pulpit and shining a light from a pulpit. Some of us may be doing a homeless ministry in Lexington and shining a light doing that. Some of us may be accountants and lawyers or working with the children's homes. Some of us may be training people or running offices. Some of us may be teaching. You know, it's, it's where the master place is. And we have this idea that we need to be fully satisfied and that it's really about our needs being met in the job. And the guys, I, you know, I understand frustration with jobs and all that stuff. And so if you're in a bad job and you just can't wait to get out, you know, God bless you. I'm not saying you're wrong. But I also think we, we do, we bring God in a little late in the process. And if we're really in a struggling situation, how many times do we really look to him first and say, is this where you've placed me? If this is where you've placed me, I'll stay. But if it's not where you've placed me, I need you to show me which way to go. That's a tough thing for us to do, to surrender our will in professions uh, and locations 
in relationships. Surrender that to say, is this what you would have for me? Because instead we're a little more seeking what we would desire and hope for. Because I'm, I'm speaking because I've walked and I, I struggle with it still, not because I'm sitting here preaching to somebody. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's something I've had a journey into. And this passage matters to me because I think this is an important year for this house. I think it's an important time for the people of God to begin to shine. I think we are, I read an article this week that talked about millennials uh, walking away from the walking away from organizing and that that was a big uh, result from the pandemic was people have just quit going to church. Uh, and I've talked to enough pastors who have said that's the reality they're wrestling with is church attendance is down. Uh, people have realized that it didn't do much for them anyway. I had one pastor say, church, and this was a pastor, this was not some cynic. He said, the church has gotten exposed as an entertainment industry. And people realize that there were better ways to be entertained. So they he said, now my struggle is to figure out how to reach people again. So we've got to reclaim what the gospel message is and why it matters outside of Sunday morning. I think part of the reclaiming is you guys. It's me. Lights in the world shining forth to remind people that the gospel is the news Yes, there, I mean, at least according to this news report, this one, this was on CNBC of all places, the business website. So it wasn't some, you know, crazy article. So the millennials are, are checking out. So what are we going to do? How, is, I think that's an indictment on us. I think it's an indictment on me. Has my light been shining? Not a light that says, look how great I am, or anything like that, but a light that says, this is who God really is. I'm sorry we haven't communicated this well. Sorry he's a little unknown because of our failure to walk in his way and with his heart and his spirit. But what I believe God's doing is saying, my light's going to start shining brighter and brighter. That I'm calling you all to surrender. I'm giving you grace to lay down your bushel baskets that are covering up the light. So we got some bushel baskets. I, I try to share my bushel baskets with you guys. But we got bushel baskets that are trying to cover that light. And Jesus is like, you don't do that. I'll put my light in you. You're supposed to shine. Why do you keep trying to cover it up? by social propriety. Why do you try to cover it up by lack of offense? 
why do you try to cover it up for the sake of offense? I've said it, I think, in recent months. I just keep in this image, they're the lights. Every one of you are the lights. I mean, she's just, it's like I get an overhead view of the map, and I just see little lights meandering through the city and through the region. And I think part of our problem is going to know outside of us coming together on Saturday nights, but we forget that we're lights where we are. Yeah, if you're like me, I stepped into that office and was sucked into the work. I didn't check the faith door, but I, I mean, I had no clue what it meant to be a lot for me. All I knew was to do good work for you, which are good things. They're like, they're actually are like things. It's difficult to keep the paradigm of the light. But I'm not sure that the light really shines. And so I'm going to kind of bring it to a close because, uh, I'm sorry, y'all don't have kids. You're there, probably. I'm going to bring it to a close, not because of them. Because I believe I've kind of made my point. And, and I, but I want us to really stew on this moving forward. I want this year where the light is recognized. Again, this isn't on you guys to, to make the light happen. This is Jesus inside of us, shining forth from us. And our job is to quit covering him up. Again, that doesn't mean you go into work Monday morning, but who's saved? <laughs> we need to talk. If you're not saved, who will claim it? But I believe every workplace, he has a mission. He has a way that he wants to move up. And our job is to seek him, to recognize that eight to five is ministry time, five to ten. Time, even when we sleep, this you know, at 10 to 6 when the kids wake me up, I need to recognize that's ministry time too. These are times where he wants to shine his light because he's called us, he has said, You are the light, not just when you get around your Christian friends or at church. I mean, he's talking to a crowd of people who aren't even at church. You are the light. So tomorrow, you are the light. Monday morning, you are the light. Tuesday and Saturday, you are the light. And I think it would be really neat if we started encountering each other on public and we asked each other, how's your election today? Because it's there, covered. What do you feel like this shot? Oh, welcome to call me out. There's a lot of times where I'd have to probably confess. I got my light covered under a few blankets right now. It's not shattered. One of the things we were praying and now as I was preparing for this message, I felt like the Lord said, it's time for churches to start being lights. 
life home churches. Vincent Van Gogh painted a picture of a city. I should have gotten the name of it, but I'm not an art guy. But I like this picture because of the message it communicates. There's lights on in the entire city except for one building, and that's the church. So even back then, there was a statement being made of you guys are the light, but we don't see it. And I think when we have a whole generation of people saying, I'm checking out, I think it's the same thing as Van Gogh. It's these people, this whole generation's way of saying, you guys say you don't have the light, but we don't see it. I'm up here tonight to say, I see it. I see it in each one of you. And I want to encourage you that the darkness cannot overcome. What I ask is that you embrace your identity as carriers of the light. Got gentlemen playing final song for us. Um, we'll get out a little early, uh, but that's okay. On this New Year's Day. <laughs> I'm just going to pray a blessing uh, uh, over us. And uh, if y'all want prayer, be glad to pray. You can just sit around and talk and hang out. You know, we're always up to that. But uh, just appreciate it. I'm just thankful for you guys. I'm excited about what God's doing in this house because it's not about just what happens here. It's about who you are out there. So double bow your hands to me. Father, I just thank you for a day where we get to celebrate your newness and rejoice in, in what you've done in the past. I thank you, Lord, that you have named us as rights of the world and that you have reclaimed an identity that had been stolen. And that you have re-identified us as lights in this world. And I pray, Lord, that if we are carrying bushel baskets or blankets or things that are hindering your life from coming forth, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, reveal that to us and give us your grace to lay it down, let it go. Even the good things to stand in the way of your light shining from us. I pray, Lord, you would reveal those things to us. And that you would give us the strength to turn away from the things that are not positioned. I thank you that this is a house full of light. And I thank you, Lord, that you are empowering this house to go forth from this place and to shine your light on the places that we go. That you may be put on display. That it won't be uh, about the individual, it won't even be about the church they came from, but it'll be about you doing your work and revealing yourself to people just by your light coming forth from us. And I pray that when people see your light shine through the works that we do, that they would praise you. I bless this house to be revealers of the light, transparent revealers of the light. 
We rejoice in you tonight, in Jesus' name.